so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com again that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for the extended interview with Ariel and he's going to let us know how to create live stream videos on Facebook. Hey Ariel. Welcome to the extended edition. (laughs) Uh, Nice to be here. I would love to keep on talking. This is amazing. (laughs) Ariel's favorite thing. (laughs) First question, how can you be creative with live streaming? So this is very brand new for a lot of us. Live streaming can go beyond just chit-chatting in front of a camera sitting down. You can actually move around with the camera. You can tell a story with movement from that camera. And I think that's the next step in live streaming. That you're not just limited to one stationary location. Think about where else you can take it. How are you able to connect with your audience when you're doing the live streaming? So that's actually a very great question because... A lot of people are doing live streaming right now one specific way they're doing it. And I see this with media companies and individual creators alike. They're sitting down, chatting with the camera, but not talking at all to the commenters. Or if they say the commenters, they only respond to one or two comments and doesn't even say their name. But on Facebook, you see the person's name and you can scroll up and down the comments. If you're not going to do that, if you're not going to respond to people in the comments and not going to say their name, just make a regular video. Why bother with the live streaming elements? Make a regular video that you can edit afterwards. But if you want to make it live, forget about people watching it afterwards. Because if you want people to watch it afterwards, that's a regular video. If you want people to watch it now and feel like they're there present with you, respond to every single comment. Say, Say hello to people by name. Chat with them on live video. That's the one major difference that makes a live video actually worth watching as opposed to a video that almost no one watches. Because you see these major media companies, I'm so happy they're trying, but they make these videos that they don't respond to any commenters, and they have an audience of millions, and yet only 10,000 people watch. I have an audience of 30,000, and I have 20,000 people who watch. There's a big proportion difference there for a very good reason. Uh, I think that's a major factor. And I think the other factor is doing something creative, as I mentioned earlier, move around with the camera. One thing I see that other live streamers who move around, they don't think about how it looks. So if you think about how the camera is looking, how you're framed in the shot, what's framed behind you, there's a major difference in how people feel while watching it. Because the most important thing about live streaming over anything else is presence. You want to feel like you're there with the person. Everything else is secondary. If you feel feel there with the person, then you're making a great job. I think one great example is uh, right before I started live streaming, I was going on a binge of Casey Neistat vlogs on YouTube. Casey Neistat is a vlogger who, before being a vlogger, he was a filmmaker. And when the age of vlogging about two, three years ago was mostly people pointing their cameras in a very poor frame, uh, talking about their basic lives, not doing anything much special, maybe being funny, maybe being entertaining, but nothing really special, Casey Neistat brought filmmaking talent into vlogging. 
So suddenly he would uh, frame things so perfectly that you'll see like the Brooklyn Bridge right behind him, him on one side of the frame, and you get like a cinematic experience just by watching a guy making a vlog. That shift is what made vlogging from a something you casually do and may entertain millions to something you do as an art form and entertain tens of millions. Same thing with live stream is, is um, what is going to be that change? That change is presence, that change is uh, good filmmaking, and the change is community building, responding to all your commenters and making them feel like you're there with them and getting to know them. You touched up on this a little bit before on how to get audience before you even start live streaming. Can you give us a little bit more tips on how to get an audience before you even start? <laughs> oh my god, okay, so some get ready. Put Get into your bunkers because some knowledge bombs are about to be dropped. One of the main things you have to do when making content, especially live video, is to get an audience. Because think of live video is just like theater. Theater sucks when there's two people in the audience. It sucks for the audience, and it sucks for the actors. But when theater has a full house, then everyone's having a blast. Same thing with Facebook Live. If you only have one or two people watching, it's kind of boring. But if you have 30, 40, 50, 100 people watching at the same time, then that's when the real action starts because you start getting comments, you start getting hearts, you start getting people telling their stories, you got to start getting questions. So find your audience. How you find your audience is by, on Facebook, it's easy. Facebook is a platform where you can distribute. Unlike YouTube, where it's all about being discovered, there's a discoverability aspect to it where an algorithm says, oh, you have good SEO, uh, you're making something relevant to someone else, we might show that video to another person. On Facebook, you have that in your own hands by sharing it with groups and pages. Those two major sources are going to get your audience. So if you're making a Facebook Live about whatever type of content, the beauty about Facebook is that there is millions of groups out there. There's millions of pages out there. Many of them are willing to share. Um, so if you're making stuff like about history, like me, I share with groups about New York City, about history, about urban planning, many other topics. And I share with pages that are also relevant. Now, when you're sharing it with a page, you have to make it as relevant to them as possible. And this is where you have to get creative. And if you're already thinking to yourself, oh my God, this is work, then yes, it is, it is work. <laughs> it takes creativity, you have to uh, go the extra mile if you want to get people to follow you. For example, my very first broadcast, I have a few major share partners. So I did a broadcast about the High Line. And the High Line, I wanted to get Atlas Obscura to share it. So Atlas Obscura is all about secrets hidden wonders, dark secrets. So when I asked them to share, I said, hey, care to share this video about the dark secrets of the Highline? And I did research those dark stories about the Highline, the murders that happened, the weird stuff that happened at the Highline. But I also wanted City Lab to share. I was ambitious. I was like, let me get as many major pages to share as possible. So with City Lab, I also happen to love architecture and urban planning, and that's in Urbanist's brand voice. So when I hit up City Lab with the same broadcast, I said, oh, we're covering the architecture of the High Line, because the High Line is the architectural runway of New York City now. And I also researched that and also love talking about that. So with two different pages, I pitched them two different videos, but end up making one video talking about both things. 
And that's how I got this massive audience and that video ended up getting 35,000 views. I think you can create, be creative in any way you want. Never lie, never be unauthentic. But if you want, if you're doing, if you're a travel blogger and you're doing a video, a live video on camping, and you're talking about packing tips. Think if you want to be shared, say, by National Geographic, which is aiming very high, but if it's possible, if you want to be shared by National Geographic, maybe if you like uh, nature, if you like uh, talking about flora or animals, talk about that. Pitch them like, hey, we're talking about the flora of Yellowstone Park. If you want to also, at the same time, approach Brit & Co., which is all about home goods and DIY, and you also happen to really like DIY, you, if you made your own camping site, you can pitch them saying, oh, care to share this uh, video where I talk about how to make your own camping setup in Yellowstone Park. Two different companies, but making the same broadcast. Such great ideas for all of us. I will definitely check those out. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you how you create communities for yourself, not about your audience, but communities of creators because we talked about this a little bit we all know each other some way somehow our friends are friends with each other even if we don't know each other how are you able to network efficiently and to be around people who are doing something similar or are creatives as well this is something i'm still figuring out a lot myself but i think the best way to connect with creatives is through collaboration it's so easy because when you're collaborating, you have a goal in mind, and yet you still get to meet the person. And sometimes with collaboration, especially if you have an audience like I do now, you get to meet very important people who might not be accessible with just a coffee meeting. So I think collaborations are the way to go. So whatever you're doing, ask someone to collaborate with. If you're a blogger about camping, ask another blogger you admire about camping, connect with them, say, hey, let's make a, a post together, let's make a video together, let's take some Instagrams together, and you'll get to meet them at the same time. And you can aim high. For example, recently, I have been in love with this best-selling author about the occult. Called His name is Mitch Horowitz. And uh, this guy, just love his books, love his talks, but he's pretty damn popular. He's a best-selling author, uh, and this guy does major talks around the world. I couldn't have just hit him up for coffee because he, I don't think he would have been down to have coffee with some random dude. But I told him, hey, uh, I would love to have you on my broadcast if we can talk about the occult secrets of Grand Central Terminal. And he, he was down because it was a great platform for him to spread the word about his books. So I got to meet a major author by collaboration. And this has happened with me with many major businesses and many major brands as well. More great tips. Thank you so much, Ariel, for talking to me today. I really appreciate all of the knowledge that you gave us. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure, Debbie. And if anyone has any questions whatsoever, feel free to message me on Facebook. You can find me at Ariel Vieira. Just send me a DM. I'm always happy to answer more questions. I'm here for you. Thank you, Ariel. That was amazing. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life. I'll talk to you soon.